0: But it's also fantastic for sleep. And guys, if you're looking to optimize testosterone, vitamin D, man, hate tossing this word around, but it's really important to enjoy your meals, to be mindful during your meals, right? And that's the word I was trying to avoid. So to enjoy your meals. So the 5, 10, 15, 20 is...
1: Prior to this, when people talk about gut health, it might get some sort of, you know, some type of response from people like, that's gross. Are you talking about poop? Are you talking about digestion? This is not dinner topic. But now, I am so happy when I hear people talk about comparing their poop. But let's go back before poop.
0: What is gut health 101? Basically, everyone assumes calories is, you know, calories in, calories out, calories are king. But What if I told you that if you can't even digest and absorb your food, then why even looking in a way at calories? Because if you cannot digest the food that you eat, you're not deriving nutrients from it. And if it doesn't get absorbed into the bloodstream for your cells to then uh, assimilate it, you're effectively overfed, but undernourished. In short... Your gut health comprises of your ability to digest, ability to absorb, and that is dictated by um, digestive enzymes, how you can chew your food, uh, your stomach acidity, your gut microbiome, your intestinal permeability, and so much more, and then your bowel movements. And that's why we then talk about poop.
1: What you just said made me think about all of the supplements that I used to invest in. Those are not cheap, guys, right? The superfoods, the, the really fancy type of cafe who would make the type of food that you seek approval from or we think has a stamp of approval. If we're not even digesting or absorbing our nutrients, then is that essentially kind of a waste?
0: If, look, from a supplementation perspective, a lot of supplements have been broken down and so therefore it's easier to, um, it's easier to digest and absorb. Um, if you're looking from a food perspective, so if, for example, you have impacted, um, stomach acidity, so for whatever reason you have low stomach acid, that means that a lot of the food that you have ingested, is not digested properly and therefore it cannot be broken down by the bacteria in your small intestine and, and therefore there's nothing much for them to cross that intestinal barrier into the bloodstream. It also does depend on how the food is prepared, the type of food, and what form it is in. Something like a mixed reds and greens powders, that they're in powder form, they're much easier to absorb, um, versus a bowl of completely raw vegetables comprising of raw beetroot, raw kale, raw carrots. The digestibility and the absorption of either is going to be different depending on um, your ability to then digest and absorb that.
1: I think you highlighted something really important there, and that is your ability. That's a very personalized experience. I've experimented with different types of uh, eating styles, different types of diet. And for about a year, I ate only vegetables and I did not eat a lot of pasta and stuff because I just generally don't like it. But I was eating a lot of raw vegetables. And I got to tell you, that is probably the worst I felt about my health. I constantly felt bloated. I constantly felt like there was just I didn't feel well. I didn't feel energized. Now, I'm not I'm not trying to shit on veganism here or that way of eating because for some people, it works. Or, you know, they, they feel good about it. They feel like it changed their lives. So right now, I don't think we're trying to take sides, but highlighting how personalized can gut health be?
0: Extremely personalized. I use a diagnostic tool called the GI map. With the GI map, you have different um, markers. One of the bigger markers are what we call your commensal bacteria, so basically the bacteria that should be hanging around Everybody will have different makeups, different quantities of that, of uh, the commensal types of bacteria. Then you've got your opportunistic or your overgrowth bacteria. And again, if let's just say, for example, there's a lot of overgrowth bacteria. So methanobacteria is one that likes to present itself as you f- being able to fart on command or to bloat, right? So with those bacteria, remember they're living organisms. They want to survive, and how they survive is they're gonna try to create an environment that they can survive in. So some of that opportunistic bacteria, particularly the streps, the staphs and these bacteria will want to actually lower stomach acid because high acidity kills them. Because they they want to be fed. They want you to have undigested food so they can have a, you know, they can have a party, they can eat, they can grow. So this is where sometimes when I'm dealing with someone with a lot of gut related symptoms, low stomach acid is one. I don't say to them, oh, drop the vegetables. No, absolutely not. Uh, Vegetables, fruits, nuts, uh, this is really important for prebiotics, these fibers that then feed the probiotics, the the good bacteria. And as an aside, we actually need a balance of the good and the bad. It's not all good or all bad. What I do say to them is, well, break down your vegetables, cook them, steam them, make sure you're breaking down the chemical bonds so that its digestibility increases and you're able to digest that a lot better. So sometimes it's not really about taking a certain pathway um, and 100% not shitting on vegans here at all. Um, In fact, vegans uh, I see have the Best diversity of bacteria, which is really important too. But they present other problems like low stomach acid, sometimes they have leaky gut. It's not because you're vegan that you have leaky gut. You could be Um, carnivorous fully and have leaky gut. It's very, very, very individual. Obviously it's not just the gut that interplays. There's a lot to do with digestive enzyme production. Your liver has a big play into it. Inflammation in the sense that, you know, is the structures, the epithelial cells, the cells that kind of look like little hairs in your small intestine that You know, the little hairs because you increase the um, absorption, the surface for absorption, right? That's what we want. What do they physically look like? And with the GI map, we can tell if there's, um, if they're looking more like Homer Simpson's head as opposed to Bart Simpson's head. That's one of the analogies I love using. But that shows me that there is increased inflammation, meaning that things are not being absorbed properly or as effectively. So that's, there's a lot and it's very, again, like I said, it's very individual. Also there's yeast, there's parasites, there's pathogens that can enter into the gut and survive someone who might be eating clean and they might be making the right choices, but they're suffering from long-term bloating. You know, sometimes they may have something that is in their gastrointestinal tract that shouldn't be there
1: why isn't this more mainstream before and even actually today for example when you go to the hospital there's a department for everything everything is so segmented you go here for your organs and even then you go here for your kidneys you go there for your liver you go there for your blood you go there for your brain us as consumers i think we all are consumers regardless of whether you're a coach or not us as consumers we start to adapt that and And kind of impose that on our health as well. We start to think that our gut health is completely irrelevant to what we do in the gym. How we sleep is completely irrelevant to how many reps and sets we do. Could you please help us tie that connection of why gut health matters, especially when you're training in the gym?
0: Yeah. So one of the things, um, if you have a lot of bloating, particularly in the lower abdominal, that actually means that you can't connect to your core as much. So when we look at um, testing for core strength, your ability to hold a side plank, your ability to hold a horizontal back extension, being able to hold a V-sit hold, right? These are all different measures of um, different parts of our core, pelvic floor strength as well will also come into play having very poor gut health particularly inflammation and bloating in that lower abdomen that can impact your your strength overall so when we're in the gym our big compound lifts our squat deadlift bench pull-ups right if you're telling me it doesn't work the core sorry guys it does and your core carries you day to day so that's i would say that's one big one um if you're in the gym you're in the gym for a reason right whether it's you're trying to add muscle lose fat if you cannot absorb your micronutrients if you cannot absorb your nutrients if you can't even get uh, amino acids off your protein i wouldn't say you're you're going completely backwards but it's going it's going to be a roadblock to you moving forwards in terms of what you want for yourself it's something that shouldn't be neglected. But why has this been neglected? I wouldn't say that it's been neglected. I would say that there's just been a lack of awareness. As with social media, with marketing, etc. there's always these hot trends or topics. And with the increased availability of uh, testing with a more increased awareness, obviously there is you know, the few voices that then started the ball rolling. It's really that hundred monkey rule, right? So if you have one person going, oh, gut health, gut health, then everyone's like, oh, you weirdo. Um, but if you have a hundred people doing it, then that's going to have a much bigger ripple effect onto the rest of the population. And so I think it's, you know, it's not a term. It's a term that I've heard for over 10 years now, but for a lot of people, maybe it's very new to them. And that's, again, it's just down to that hundred
1: monkey rule. And with it being so new, it's it's hard to take it all in. How can we stay practical, especially when there's so much information out there on the internet and magazines and people talking about it, but at the same time, people might be hearing it from different people who are not necessarily seasoned in the knowledge of gut health. So could you share something that someone who is completely new to the terminology gut health and versus someone who has, you know, they're probably a coach or a fitness enthusiast. They understand that gut health is important. I don't know the nitty gritty, but I know gut health is important. But how can they
0: elevate that? Very simple, signs and symptoms. And I'm gonna rattle this off the top of my head so it might not be a completely comprehensive list. Number one, do you have bloating? Are you gassy? Again, can you fire on command? Or do you pass more gas than you, you should? what does your stool look like? So there's a fantastic tool called the Bristol stool chart. So you don't necessarily have to describe your stool. You can just say type one, type two, you know, it's it's a little bit more polite. And if you don't want to be like, ooh, it's runny um, and red. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, So you can utilize the Bristol stool chart to, you know, to, to look at the quality of your stool. Are you regular? Do you suffer from uh, joint pain? Do you have skin issues? Uh, Do you feel that when you eat, are you really, um, you you know, do you find that your digestion is really slow? So you're full for a really long time. Do you find that you get a lot of acid reflux? Do you burp a lot? Memory loss, brain fog, confusion. So a lot of things that a lot of people don't know that our gut microbiome actually produces short-chain fatty acids, which then responsible for energy production in our bodies. All right? So sluggishness um, could be a sign of uh, gut issues. So the more of these symptoms, signs and symptoms that you're ticking, white tongue upon waking. So when you wake up, your tongue is white. You're going to clean up that gut because that is candida. If you have like cracked skin on your um, heels and elbows, so if your heels and you need those sort of like, you need a potato peeler to kind of like grate that skin off, that is not good either. There's actually a lot more, um, but the more you tick, the more we can say like, oh, hang on a second. Maybe this is something that you want to prioritize and um, take a deeper look at. If that leads to us feeling sluggish, That
1: makes us trying to sustain our habit of working out and training or whatever physical fitness goals that we have just a whole lot harder. It doesn't mean that it's impossible, but for some people, it's much harder when they have to put in more energy just to motivate themselves, just to have that pep talk with themselves before even leaving the door or leaving the bed for that matter.
0: The physiology of motivation. Ooh, that's a cool topic. Um, is you know, it's yes. Gut health has a a big play into it. Um, adrenal health too. If your gut health is not on point, it is a nutritional stressor. And when we look at stressor, we look at uh, stressors. Sorry, we look at um, the whole concept of managing cortisol. You know, if I have a little coffee cup. Um, and I just, and I'm just putting all my different stresses in. If that cup is quite full and I'm adding nutritional stress in, that might be the, you know, the straw that broke the camel's back. If you have no stress, but you have some issues with your gut, uh, you might not necessarily feel it, um, until somebody says like, Hey, are you experiencing this, this, and this? So coming back to that sluggishness, right? There are definitely other reasons for being sluggish, but you want to basically be check, checking down lists and saying like, I, you know, I, I don't want to have, um, uh, gut issues. And definitely because it's so important, so integral, uh, you know, we assume that we eat food and it just translates to energy you know, and, and actually when I say, uh, actually, hang on a second, it might not necessarily be. So in this instance, um, this is one of the things that I would definitely look at. And the great thing with looking at the gut and maybe why it's such a, a big thing at the moment is that you can really get a lot of good, quick results from helping improve your gut health. and And those results are Pretty fast. I mean, if you can get some a female to get rid of um, lower abdominal bloating straight up, and you see this her her belly just come in. I mean, you're you know you're like whoa! I'm a freaking magician. It's it's amazing. Whenever I read
1: the testimonials of of the people who have done the metabolic reset program, just the program that you created and now oh now offer it at limitless. It's really cool and it's so. I'm not saying that the results are all consistent with everyone because everyone shared what has been most significant for them. There's one who has been dealing with eczema for like a long, long time in her life. And for the first time in her life, she's feeling good about herself because eczema is such a debilitating thing. It's so visible. And there were some other ones where they finally felt like a sigh of relief. Like, finally, something that makes sense to my brain and to my body, to my gut. It wasn't the fact that they lost weight and felt lighter. It was the fact that they felt so empowered to continue on beyond the six weeks, uh, uh, beyond the six-week program.
0: Yeah, I also remember one girl when we worked with, and she was one of the first ones that did it because the gut is actually part and parcel of our detoxification system. So our ability to take out waste, her bowel movements improved massively, her stool quality and regularity improved. Her menstrual cycle actually became better in the sense that she experienced a significant decrease in her PMS symptoms. When we look at PMS and we look at our menstrual cycle, um, We also can see that there's, you know, there's good, there's good estrogen, there's bad estrogen and part of and parcel of being able to detoxify efficiently is being able to get rid of our bad estrogen. Our gut plays a big part in that. It's not just the liver. When we start tackling these different pillars, and that's why I like to to start with the gut because it, is what then gives us all the nutrients that goes around our body. It's what takes out waste, right? Um, you can get some very quick, relevant results that actually get people to feel like, oh, finally, I'm on the right track. And, and, you know, having wins, having little wins is also a big motivator in, you know, continuing to build good habits.
1: Maybe that's one of the reasons why people don't realize why gut health actually matters and why gut health is worth the investment to go down the route of personalization. I know the metabolic reset is pretty personalized because there's testing involved, there's supplementation involved, but it's also personalized mentoring, personalized coaching. On the podcast, we can't be personal with everybody, even though we want to. Is there maybe one or two kind of universal small shifts that people can make immediately that puts them in the direction of improving gut health.
0: Oh, absolutely. And it's funny because we've done, we've done quite a few iterations of the metabolic reset since 2021 now. I would say the two biggest things on the gut health front would be number one is to start your day with some citrus water. Um, I know it's so social media-like, but it really does make a difference. I do get people to add um, about 15 grams of glutamine in it. is an amino acid. It actually helps calm inflammation down in your intestine, which is fantastic. Um, for those guys who are looking towards being more anabolic, um, it also helps preserve uh, muscle. It helps prevent catabolism um, post-workout. So, But I do get people to hydrate kickstart stomach acid in the morning. Uh, You don't have to slug down a bottle of apple cider vinegar. So that's the other question that I get asked a lot. You know, some lemon, uh, lime, calamansi, grapefruit, anything citrusy can help kickstart that. And if you are feeling a little bit worn out, burnt out, um, you can put a little bit of colored salt, like pink Himalayan salt. Um, I think there was black Hawaiian the last time I checked all these funky colors these days, but you can add a pinch of salt to that. And that will actually help with your adrenals. So I think that's one real one that you can do. Um, the second one that I really, really love is the five, 10, 15, 20. So when it comes to f- mealtimes, right. The majority of the people that I work with, they are doing a million other things aside from eating, right? And eating, you know, when you eat your food and you sit down for mealtimes, you know, I I hate tossing this word around, but you, you know, it's really important to be, to enjoy your meals, to be mindful during your meals, right? And that's the word I was trying to avoid. So to enjoy your meals. So the 5, 10, 15, 20 is you're taking five Deep diaphragmatic breaths before you eat. So you're putting yourself in a parasympathetic state, a more relaxed state, because digestion can only happen when you're relaxed. Nobody ever digested their food when they're being taken out for a meal and uh, being told that they're going to be broken up with. (laughs) So then you have 10. You want to basically have 10 seconds between each mouthful, right? So you're not scooping food, vacuuming in like a hoover, so then you have 15 minutes minimum to finish your food, right? So you're actually chewing. So 10 chews, 10 seconds, you're chewing your food. When you chew, you start getting sliver. You start um, physically breaking down the food. So you're pre-digesting it. 15 minutes minimum to finish your meal times, And then after that, a 20-minute walk outdoors with the sun. Why? Because when you walk, gravity helps bring food down. You're also bringing down postprandial or post-meal inflammation by 50%. And you know what? If there's sun out, you're getting a little bit of vitamin D, which is great for, well, vitamin D production, but it's also fantastic for sleep. And guys, if you're looking to optimize testosterone, vitamin D, man. If you got a guy in your life,
1: relay this to him. I think those are really, really helpful. Um, Perhaps sometime in in future episodes, we can talk about how to help those who find it difficult in their current lifestyle, be it being a new mom or being in an environment where they think they don't have that amount of time to do all that, to practice the 5, 10, 20, 30, because they just need to eat and go. This has been uh, the funnest 101 times 100 class I've ever attended. Thank you so much, Trish. No problem. See you guys in the next one.